0: has been a lot like mine in that the story of every day has just been you know multiple offers on a property and what the heck do we do about it um and so i am going to let you shine some light on the buyer side of all of that in the conversations that you're having Um, i'll add anything that you know i can think of in between and then i'll talk about it on the seller side Um, perfect so you go ahead and lead in with the buyer stuff
1: so this week alone, I mean, we've been slammed with, with refis. This has been like purchase week, um, nonstop every single day. We've got buyers that are writing offers on these houses Mm -hmm. and I haven't had one buyer this week that has just wrote an offer and had it accepted without having a multi-counter situation. So that's why this topic is so important because as we discussed last week, there is a shortage in, and housing that's listed for sale. So you have way more buyers than you have houses available. And guess what, when a nice one comes on the market, I mean, these these houses are getting showings and offers within the first day or two. It's it's insane. Uh, we had a client that wrote an offer on a house the day that it came out. And the next morning they were gonna have an answer to them and they said, unfortunately, we have five offers on this house. And so you're talking not even 24 hours had passed and you had five offers, and guess what? They're offered not just the asking price with no closing costs or anything from the seller. They're going, hey, by the way, we'll pay more. We're gonna pay $20,000 more. We're gonna pay $30,000 more. Um, that's been what our, our buyers have kind of seen out there. And so then it it becomes kind of a, like a little bit of a slap in the face. They're all excited. Oh, what's my payment gonna be on this house? Okay, yeah, I think I'm good. Boom, oh, it's 30 grand more whoa okay do i qualify for that much yeah you do all right what's the payment going to be oh man when do we need to know like well they're ready to take somebody's offers you got to make a decision like right now so which is scary as a buyer right like for sure so what we've been doing is um on the pre-approvals at least with with clients right now knowing this is the environment they have usually a payment budget that they're trying to stick to so they may come in and say look we don't want to a payment over $2,000 a month. So then we convert that based off of what loan they're doing, how much their down payment's going to be. This is the max sales price. We take that, that monthly payment goal. This is your max sales price. Yep. On top of that, now we're telling them, okay, so if you ran into a situation and this house is your dream house and it's perfect and you can make it happen, you can go up to X. So we're giving them that kind of max affordability from an approval standpoint. Yeah. So they can have that conversation now before they actually get into one of these houses. Cause it's really difficult. Now you're making an emotion based decision mm-hmm. within minutes with your spouse who's busy at work <laughs> saying, Hey, are you okay? Do you want to go up? Uh, it's going to be $150 more a month. I-, I need to know right now. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Hold on a minute. You know, normal work in the background and all that stuff. So yeah. trying to make sure that they kind of have that range an absolute dead max range from day one so that if you do run into that situation, you know that you can go higher. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing that we're trying to do right now is that uh, for some of the buyers that have a little bit bigger down payments, so this isn't for your FHA guy or gal, this isn't for your down payment assistance person, um, it's not for VA, this would be your, your person that's doing like 20% down, 25% down or more. Um, those loans, when they're writing the offer on it, we're asking the realtor, let us know what the house is, and we're running the loan approval on that to see if we get a waiver on the appraisal. And if we do, and the client is okay with it, we're not asking for any kind of appraisal contingency. We might still have a home inspection contingency, but it's basically their offer is not contingent on the, the appraised value of that house. So it makes them look a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're up against some people who maybe have less money down and have to have an appraisal on that property. So Uh, It's been a cool little trick. It's worked a couple of times. Um, But even with that, sometimes you have somebody that's just as flush with cash and no contingencies and it kind of edgy out a little bit. So,
0: yeah. And so with the appraisal waiver, like the and the contingency waiver on the buyer's side, you know, so that's the problem we're seeing on the seller's end is we're getting these offers and, and the buyers are trying to, you know, get their offer accepted by just offering whatever price they need to, to be successful. Right. And then having the conversations with the sellers is like, Hey, look, like we got the offer here. That doesn't mean it's going to appraise there. And, and then we'd look at what buyers like, okay, how much do they have? Is there a chance of getting the appraisal waived? And, and if not, then we just need to know like, okay, if this buyer, you know, they offer this, we accept it. We're going to gamble that if the appraisal comes in low. Um, and they don't have any extra money on top of their down payment and closing costs that, you know, either we're going to have to meet in the middle somehow, but if they don't have the money, then most likely we're either going to have to eat that reduction or we're going to have to cancel and start over. And so before we commit to accepting this offer over another one, you know, again, let's just have that conversation now, instead of in two weeks, um, are we okay with that? And man that's just been a hot topic over the last week week and a half (laughs) and and some not so fun conversations right um but it is what it is and but leading into all of that you know we just have to set that you know idea up front like you said with the prequal and the max and let them have the bedroom
1: talk before we get stuck in the moment right and to that to that point you know um so, so an example of that. Let's say you got a house that's listed at 400k, and all day long we know it's going to appraise for 400. It's, mm-hmm. it's right on the money. Um, now it's up to 430, and you're an FHA buyer. Yep. The seller's concern is that hey, at 430, it comes mm-hmm. in at four. This this buyer doesn't have enough cash behind them to make up that cap. Yep. However some of the other buyers may, they may have extra capital that they can pay that $30,000 gap between the appraised value and and the sales price Mm -hmm. without any problems, without any impact on their loan or anything. So, um, so kind of knowing that we've, we've really tried to hone in on what is the max that you're willing to pay for that house. And sometimes some of the conversations I've had are literally, it was my payment going to be, if we go up a thousand dollars, Oh, what's it going to be if I go up $1,500 and I'm like, look, if, if $1,500 or $1,000 is standing between you and, and getting this house or not getting this house, you're already at the limit, right? I mean, you're pushing it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just for their own general knowledge, but you have to come up with like, what am I willing to pay for that particular house? And knowing where everything is kind of headed, if, if you bought that house, let's say at four, and you know, hey, this is a good value, it's got solar on it it's, and it's paid for, it's got a pool in the backyard or it's like super nice. These are things that we have to have that if we don't have, we're gonna pay extra to put them in the property anyways. yeah Okay, so are you willing to pay the extra price to get to that? So you, you have to come up with what is that value to me, not necessarily by the appraiser and not what the market conditions are, it, it's what it is to you if you have that extra cash anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, we had somebody that uh, that came in um, almost eighty thousand dollars over the asking price, and they had the cash. And the reason they were willing to pay that price for that house is because of all the improvements that were done on it. I mean, the kitchen's completely dialed in. The backyard's beautiful. Everything was exactly what they wanted. And all the houses that they had seen up to that point had something that cost them money. 30 grand here, 40 grand there to kind of go in and renovate it, make it exactly what they wanted. So they were like, Look, we can move into this thing. We love it. We, we even love the paint color on the house. Like, everything about it's perfect. Yeah. We'll spend the extra cash. Yep. And and they knew, they knew there was no way it's going to appraise. So we run the numbers, make sure it doesn't impact the loan. As long as it doesn't impact the loan and they're willing to come up with the extra price, they can sell it all day long. You can sell it for whatever they want. So you can yeah. really sell any of these houses for whatever a buyer is willing to pay, so long as. Their loan supports it and they have enough capital to kind of go above and beyond what the collateral of the house is actually worth at that moment um and, and we've been trying to kind of put the buyers in the seller's seat for just a few minutes so that they can understand where they're coming from because sometimes they're they're like angry <laughs> what is the seller so greedy and how could they do that it's like well most of these sellers are buying another house so when they're buying another house, they're saying, hey, we're going to buy your house, but we're, it's contingent on our house selling. Oh, and here's a little bit about the buyer on our house. So if they can tell that new purchase, I have a buyer in here. Um, there's no contingency at all in the appraisal. You know, we're yeah. good. Or they, they're bringing in a bunch of cash. And so we feel really confident if there was a, a an appraisal issue that we can overcome that very easy. It makes their opportunity for the next offer a little bit easier, right? So, um, trying to kind of bring bring some reality to that, it, it, that seems to help a little bit. Because at first, it's it's kind of like why why is the seller you know they're just trying to like raise the price and take advantage of us? It's like nope, it's not you. It's the other eight people that are interested in that house, yeah, including you. Yeah.
0: Yep, and yeah, you know so and back real quick on the. The paying over the listing price on there, um, you know, you gave the example that they came in eighty thousand over because that house was everything that they wanted, and you know, probably would have cost them close to that to bring any of the other homes that they had seen to that level. But they saved the headache, right? Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on that based on our conversation last week on doing remodels and upgrades and things being somebody's taste right? Because that doesn't happen on every house. There's plenty of houses that people spend a ton of money upgrading and making it theirs. And the buyer comes in and they look at it and they're like, I don't like that. So yeah, I get that you spent this money, but I'm going to have to spend the same amount of money to undo it. Right. So that's always a risk on doing the upgrades for sure.
1: Absolutely. Definitely a risk. I mean, you you kind of run into a situation where it's just all taste. Mm -hmm. It's either, you know, somebody may want that house but they don't like having a pool in the backyard they got littles and they don't like the idea that you know the kids have an access to a pool um, or they uh, they don't like the, the way that the kitchen was redesigned or something like that so yeah to your point i mean you definitely run the risk when you're when you're approving the house um, but some of these are already improved from people that are living there right now that did it for themselves and had an unexpected life event and they need to sell and so they went oh man we just dumped a ton of money into this house. We did not expect yeah. to sell. Hopefully we found somebody that likes it. And yeah. uh, you, know, it, it, you just have to kind of th- obviously throw it out there on the market. You market as best you can, you know, and maybe find that perfect match for somebody's like, that's exactly what we're looking for. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah. It's rare. Yeah. But, it but don't improve it just to try to find that person. Obviously, if you've already done the improvement, you know, Present it in its best possible way and see if you can find that perfect match. But uh, yeah, don't expect to to go in and, and do a ton of work like this and get every penny back out and then some. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you're lucky to kind of break even on some of that stuff. Every once in a while, if the house is a little bit beat up, you know, going back to our conversation last week, um, maybe it's worth it to, uh, to kind of put a little bit, a little bit of polish and, and uh, renovate it a little bit. You know, just yeah. people don't have that creativity sometimes. For sure. All
0: right. So in multiple offer situations, again, as buyers, um, so options that we've come up with is they can raise the price as long as they qualify Mm -hmm. um, or if they have the cash to cover the difference. Um, And on that, you know, what I end up telling sellers, you know, is like, what is something worth, right? It's whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. But with something like housing, you know, I say it's what they're allowed to pay for it because they have to have an appraisal. And then I explain to them that, you know, the buyer's loan amount, the percentage that they're doing is based on the purchase price or appraised value, whichever is less. Right. And that's how that dictates that. And then I explain, you know, if it comes in low, now we've got this gap. And if the buyer has the funds to cover the gap, great. If they don't, that's where we run the risk of, you know, we might either have to eat it, you know, the the difference on there as a seller, or we're going to have to, you know, come up in the middle if the buyer has any funds or we're gonna cancel and start over. And and that kind of comes a conversation of what's worth more, your time or your money, right? And, and if it's the seller, like the example that you gave where they're trying to buy another home, their time is probably more valuable than their money if they've got the excess funds, right? Um, so one thing they can do is they can raise the price if they qualify or if they have the cash, um, the ninja trick of removing the appraisal contingency as long as you're smart about it and you run it first and know that you, you know, can qualify for the waiver, right. um, don't do that just on a whim. <laughs>
1: no, no, you have to run the approval first. You can't just like walk away from it and then assume everything is good. Because then, if you do have a problem, and it is appraisal based problem, I mean, you're you're toast, right? Your your yep. earnest money deposits at risk.
0: Yep. And if you're willing to do that, that's fine. Like if you put up five grand on a deposit and you're willing to gamble. Okay. But that's your decision. Most people aren't willing to. Unless they have the extra money, in which case it's a move point. So.
1: Exactly. One, one other uh, thing is speed. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, you know, some sellers are really trying to utilize speed Mm -hmm. to, to move into the next place. So there's an urgent matter. Maybe they need to buy this other house that's requiring them to move fast. Mm-hmm. So for buyers in their prep, this is another reason why I always stress, like get ready early, get ready a couple of weeks early. Don't, don't just, you know, Friday night or Saturday morning, go, all right, bring your look at a good house and, Oh, we're going to, we're going to an offer on it. And yeah. the reason for that is we, there's some things we can do on the processing end at the pre-approval side that can get you ready to where you can close really quickly so in this market you can close maybe 15 days or something like that if you needed to because we've done the legwork on the buyer's end to allow them to to move very fast through that that process so most of that looks like getting the employment verifications completely done sometimes i get those the day we take the app sometimes they take about five days Um, asset validation we have a a way with our application where we can validate assets so literally in our in our application system i can hit Two buttons one for employment and one for asset validation and if you're working with a major company let's say northrop for example i have everything i need from you right there you don't need a pay stub you don't need a w-2 and let's say you're banking with a major bank a bank of america or a chase or something like that i click one button there on your side you give me access to uh, to validate the uh, the accounts that we're looking at and we're done. I don't need your bank statements, and I don't need your W twos. I don't need your pay stubs. So I have everything I need in that system. When we take in a loan like that, there's two boxes we check. One is is for uh, income fast, what they call fast track, and ones for asset fast track. When I have th- those two items right there, uh, that loan's underwritten same day. If um, if we add the third, which sometimes is the appraisal validation. Um, that loan is completely underwritten in one day. And then we just have to wait for the um, the waiting period from disclosure to the initial CD. There's about a 10 day waiting period that we have to hit. Yep. Um, and at that point, that loan can go to docs. It actually works that fast. Yeah. Not every time. So you could have somebody who works for XYZ electrical company and they're not plugged into a system like this. So we got to get all that work done.
0: Yeah,
1: And that's normally what happens during an escrow process. But if you're willing to do that, at the pre-approval we can actually make you look on, on paper the same as that person that worked at Northrop that had an electronic validation yeah so you know those are things we're, we're in a now place right where we want uh we want to click a button we want our groceries ready in an hour, and if they're ready in three hours, we're like, "Wow, oh my God, it's taking forever!" Get my groceries. Somebody had to shop for it. Yeah. Or uh, hey, I want that thing for my computer, and it's not here yet. Uh, it's going to take two days. It's supposed to be here on Saturday. It's going to be here Monday. Uh, you know, life's terrible. Yeah. We can't. We can do that to an extent in real estate, but you have to do a little bit of prep work ahead of time to see if you have that option or not. So It's yeah. almost like a buyer walking around with a big prime sticker on their head. Are they a prime buyer? (laughs) Do they they work or operate within uh, stuff that can be electronically uh, validated? And if they can't, then they need to have a little bit of a buffer ahead of time so that we can try to fast track them so that in a multi-counter offer situation, um, they can bid with a little bit more confidence and add speed as one more kind of differential between that and the other offer.
0: Yep. so then quick recap. We can raise the price. We can remove our appraisal contingency. And what you just covered in a nutshell is reducing our close of escrow days. And that would be a major benefit to a seller if they're purchasing another property that's putting pressure on them to also close quickly because I'm sure they're also competing against other offers, right? Um, that's just the story of the market right now. Um, or even if the seller's not, if they're moving out of state and you know they just they're under the gun and they would love to have everything wrapped up before they left town, you know, right. closing early would be worth more, you know, their time would be worth more than the money maybe at that point.
1: So that's Sometimes, just, market yeah. Learning, you know. and, and, you, and you run into, um, you know, cash offers. Sometimes these cash offers are coming in, you know, really strong. I, I think a lot of buyers, I think if I wasn't in the industry and I was buying a house right now and I heard that I was up against a cash buyer, I'm like, good. Cash buyer is going to offer like hundred grand less, right? Because I got cash. Nope guys are sometimes offering more um, okay. and they're ready to go and they can close very quickly as a cash buyer. So, again, you want to compete with them. In that scenario, speed is 100% on your, you. You got to be on par with them from a speed standpoint. So, all uh, the more reason to be prepped and ready to go. Yep. So, one, uh,
0: one caveat to run into with cash offers, and I was talking to an escrow officer about this the other day, is it looked like it was a cash offer. And ended up being a hard money loan, and they went through a couple different hard money lenders, and turned out to be a real headache. And I'm, it wasn't my client, but I'm sure that the seller was probably just bent about it. Like this was supposed to be cash, supposed to close quickly. What do you mean they're getting hard money? Like that's getting a loan, right? So, also it's good. You know. Why they
1: they took the offer in the first place? You know, yeah, it's fast. It's fast. We have this this money
0: but there should have been proof of funds with that. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway. A lot of the,
1: the, the hard money guys, a lot of times there, there is ways that where they can get that money uh, kind of set up and validate um, so that they look like cash. They are getting a hard money loan, but they've kind of done the same thing we're talking about where they, they've spent a little extra time ahead of time. Maybe they've spent a couple of weeks with that lender to get them in a position where they, they need a property to, to basically run through the next steps. Yeah. Um, so, or or maybe they have a hard money loan, it's uh, cross collateral on other properties that they own. So they have like this line of credit. And so sometimes yeah. they can look good as cash. But yeah, to your point, if uh, they run into any kind of obstacle in the underwriting phase of that, and they were supposed to be cash, you I mean, really that buyer is at risk of losing their deposit because they have kind of misrepresented their offer, right? Yep. For sure.
0: All right, yeah. sir. Not, um, any final talking thoughts? about a little bit of money? at an appointment in twenty minutes.
1: Perfect. Get anything extra? No, no, that's it. Uh, just happy shopping to everybody and uh, enjoy. It's, it's kind of a fun market. You know, if you're a buyer or a seller, really, I think there's, uh, you know, we're, we're not dealing with uh, a bank environment where you're just submitting offers and just looking at you know, all of that on the bank side. And this is, you get to deal with one family trying to buy from another one. And, yep. Uh, it's always kind of fun to match mate.
0: for sure. And And make sure you have the right people on your team that know how to play the game makes it a lot more fun when you went
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little
0: less frustrating <laughs> yep awesome Alrighty, sir well
1: thank you and i'm sure we'll be connecting again next week sounds good thanks Take care. bye